You made it through the rain. You didn't melt. It's fantastic. Anybody's hair get messed up? Mm-hmm. What's that? Talking about hair? You wouldn't know anything about that. So. <laughs> oh, man. It's coming for, for many of us, right? Enjoy it while you got it or just give in, right? Oh, man, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going whoosh. When it starts to go, cue ball. Y'all can just call me cue ball. I'll be answering the phone, cue ball. They'll be like, is this, what, pool hall? No. Oh, man. Uh, man, it's good to see you guys. I uh, want to ma- make mention of something before I get into this, jump into this morning, which I'm excited to get to finally be doing. I'll be honest with you, it's been a little bit... Uh, 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 overwhelming to think about teaching the Proverbs. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, you can't, uh, first of all, it's like, we, you can't really, you can't attack that expository like we normally do, like go through books. I mean, you could, but it would be, it would be massive. Uh, and so uh, going with a kind of more of a topical thing as we go uh, throughout the Proverbs to hit uh, many things that we feel like uh, Scripture is showing us uh, through God's Word and through that book of the Bible. And so uh, we'll be doing that starting today uh, and for uh, the next good while. Um, but uh, I want to make mention of something. Uh, I am working on a special team of people. I am looking for, I'm looking for a group of people to help me do something on Sunday mornings uh, that's kind of like a special forces greeting team. I'm looking for extroverts. Okay, like if you're not an extrovert, don't even apply. Okay, I mean that in the best intentions. I promise. I just don't want to put anybody in a position where they feel weird. Uh, I mean, if you feel, if you're an introvert and you feel like God's calling you to overcome that, that's fine. Come talk to me. Uh, but uh, looking for people that are not serving anywhere currently, uh, and looking for people that are just willing to talk to people and greet people, uh, kind of in a different way uh, than just our normal greeting folks do that. So. If you are interested in that, I want you to fill out a card and give it to me before you leave today, okay? And if the Lord's speaking to your heart, don't waver on it. Just go with it, all right? Just go with the flow, okay? I'm not going to beg for this. You know, we're going to do it, and it's going to be awesome. So, A team for Jesus, right? So, um, got to watch some A team with my kids this week. My son made the statement, this is my favorite show of all time. And I was like, praise the Lord. So. <laughs> oh man, we, uh, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and get it out. We're going to go to the book of Proverbs, uh, and uh, I'm excited to get to, to start into this today. Uh, if you don't have a Bible or ushers have Bibles, I'll be glad to bring you one. Just throw your hand up and let them know that you need it. If you don't own one, you can keep that one. We would love for you to have it and uh, take it with you as a gift. Um, but uh, today, uh, we're starting in uh, Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1, actually. Uh, and in Proverbs chapter 1, we're, we're going to see some stuff that I think is helpful. But I think, I think first of all, you know, I think uh, for those of us that are familiar with Scripture, when we think of the Proverbs, we think of like the, the little snippets. You know, it's mostly like little snippets of wisdom, right? You know, wisdom is the, is the key word uh, of Proverbs. And, and that's what we're talking about today, as a matter of fact. Um, because I think it's important for us to understand what that wisdom looks like and how 
that gets incorporated into our lives because I, I, think it's, I think it's easy for us to think if we have the knowledge of something, then not only are we the expert at it, but that we're good at it. And that's not true. There's, there's, a, there's a gap between knowing something and it actually permeating our lives and changing who we are, you know? And, and so, uh, you know, wisdom is kind of like having the keys to something. We'll, we'll talk more about this in, in a few minutes. But, you know, this, this whole idea, you know, of, of wisdom is, is super important. I mean, we all know people who are like super talented, who have kind of had trouble in life, like kind of, I don't mean this in a bad way, but have kind of flailed through life, you know, have struggled to like, you know, maybe use that talent. We always thought maybe they would use that. I've got somebody in mind right now, and he's a good friend, and I thank the world of this guy. And he's like one of the most talented people I know musically. And, and I've just always thought, man, like this guy's going to do like the biggest things. I mean, he, there's nothing he can't do. You know, I mean, there's nothing he can't do. We used to be in bands together. I mean, I, you know, like he, he put me on to the most intricate of bands that, you know, I still listen to this day, and he could do that stuff. And I was just like, this is amazing, you know. And so, uh, but, but, you know, it's never, it's never like fully taken off. He never became the rock star I thought he would be. I mean, all these different things, you know, and that's okay. The Lord had a different plan. But I think for so many folks, I think the reason that we don't see them um, come to the, the dreams of theirs come to fruition to use those talents to do, you know, these things that we thought they would be like famous, great, unbelievable people in the world kind of thing uh, is oftentimes because maybe there was lacking wisdom to do that. Um, you know, and, and so for many of us, I think, you know, we, we can come back to an understanding of that, you know, to have knowledge of something doesn't make us great at doing it. And so, you know, for us, how, how, does, how does this all work together? What, what does this look like for us? Uh, you know, for us, it's an understanding that the world was disrupted in the fall of man. You know, that, that you know, in, in the beginning, you know, with Adam and Eve and the fall of man and sin comes into the world, you know, things, things didn't just get messed up. It got messed up in, in many ways, you know, because people sought knowledge and wisdom apart from God, you know, and, and, and truthfully, we, we, we still do that from time to time, right? Like we kind of guilty of maybe like making, you know, some big decisions in life or small decisions for that matter, you know, really without like seeking the Lord, Lord, what do you want? What are you, what are you guiding me to? Uh, you know, and, and our sin has caused barriers, our sin being from Adam and Eve on, our sin has caused barriers between us and God and us and others and us and the world and how it was supposed to work to begin with, right? And so it's, it's left us in this, you know, place of like trying to figure out, you know, what do we do and how do we navigate, uh, you know, this sphere that we live on and, uh, you know, what does it look like for us to be wise and to follow the Lord and, uh, you know, uh, you know it's, it's, it's understanding, you know, Proverbs, Proverbs are like tools, you know, I brought some tools with me today. Uh, I don't want to go too far with this or anything, but uh, I did bring some tools. I also brought my fancy toolbox uh, that is, I don't know, probably circa 1966 or so with the uh, Ford GT on it. This was owned by Carol Shelby and used at Le Mans. I lied about that last part, but, you know, we can, we can pretend, right? 
and uh, I brought a few tools. Um, it's probably one of my favorite. This is, uh, this is a breaker bar that I still use to this day. I know that I probably should buy another one uh, because the handle's broke, but uh, you know, I recently had to take this with me to work on something where I have some machines in East Nashville, and uh, you know, security knows me at this point, but like you're just walking in the door with this thing swinging at your, at your side you know, kind of makes everybody kind of take a second look at you, especially in East Nashville. And, um, you know, but yeah, you know, and, and, and tools, you know, tools are a funny thing because, you know, we can own the tools, but if we don't know how to use them, that's, that's a whole, that's a whole other issue, you know, and people that own tools that don't know how to use them, sometimes that's a dangerous thing, you know, and, and so for us this morning, as we jump into this, I want us to be thinking about that and be thinking about uh, the fact that, you know, just because we own something, just because we know something doesn't mean that we know what to do with it. You know, for, furthermore, furthermore, what we're going to see as we study throughout this series is sometimes we're going to see uh, Solomon or one of the other writers that uh, chimes in here on Proverbs uh, use uh, uh, statements, proverbs at times that seem to contradict one another and they'll be back to back and you'll be like, well, there it is. You know, there it is. I always heard, you know, Aunt Jenny said that the Bible contradicts itself. Well, that, there it is right there, you know, and, and all this, well, I mean, they're back to back for a reason. Okay. And it's understanding that proverbs sometimes, you know, uh, using a proverb is having the wisdom to know which one to use when. A couple of maybe non-biblical proverbs for our times uh, could be that, uh, you know, uh, uh, that birds of a feather flock together, right? You know, we've heard that one. And then uh, from uh, the great famed wise ones, uh, MC Scat Cat and Paula Abdul, opposites attract, okay? We don't know which one of them coined that phrase first, but... Anyway, we've got, you know, birds of a feather flock together and opposites attract, you know, two different things that can both be true, but in what situations? And so the Proverbs work very similar to that. And uh, anyway, I feel like that we need to kind of have an understanding of some of those things going into this. I want to jump into this. Proverbs chapter 1, Proverbs chapter 1, and it says this in verse 1. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. You know, and this is, this is you know, this is, you know, king, king David that we studied on last year. So we spent a good, good deal of time walking through his life together. Uh, one of his sons, Solomon. And by the way, Solomon asked, he, he you know, he kind of got a wish. He, he prayed and asked that, you know, God would give him wisdom. God gave him wisdom. Solomon became like this guy that literally... Uh, people far and wide would come, even kings would send you know, their higher-ups to go spend time with him, to gain wisdom from him, to be with him, to hear the things that he would have to say. And here it says, you know, again, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, verse 2, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction and in wise dealing in righteousness, justice, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance. 
to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So here, here just in this very beginning passage, we have, we have an introduction. In fact, uh, chapters 1 through 9 are almost all an introduction for what we really kind of foresee and know of as the Proverbs uh, that we have in Scripture. But uh, they in of themselves have Proverbs, obviously, in them, and we're even seeing that here. And so, you know, we've got, we've got some things here. We've got, we've got correction and understanding you know, this is, this is this, you know, how to, you know, how to deal in wisdom, so to speak, if you will. Uh, and then we have knowledge of good and evil. We have discernment. We have guidance. All these things. You know, this is, this is Solomon trying to help us, you know, get a leg to stand on in understanding what to do with the things that are about to be shown to us. You know, this is, this is so important for us in life. And, I, and, and, and to understand also, I think, this is, this is a little nugget of joy for you, that, um, you know, that these were probably written in such a way uh, that they were literally taught in uh, classes of young men who probably studied them literally every single day. Uh, you know, every day of the week, all throughout their school year, uh, and was really written kind of in this kind of in this, you know, idea and this mindset of almost like a father speaking to a son. And so we approach it understanding that and knowing that it's good for obviously both men and women. Uh, and and it's, we'll specifically get into passages and we'll be doing weeks specifically that are um, you know, for ladies, obviously, uh, if you are familiar with the Proverbs at all. Um, but this is, this is for all of us, but to understand in how it was written to where it was probably being taught, I think it's helpful for us. So we see, you know, verse 3, to receive instruction in wise dealing in righteousness, justice, and equity. You know, to receive instruction. This is a, this is a, a willingness, you know, to re- for us to receive instruction, we have to be willing to receive instruction. We can't just, you know, say, okay, well, I'm going to take, you know, the instruction that the Lord has for me or that, you know, God has for me or that, uh, you know, somebody has for me and they want to share with me from scripture or whatever. We have to be willing to receive it, right? If we're not willing to receive it, it's easy. It's so easy. So easy. We get to these points in life along the way where we just feel like we kind of know and we kind of got our stuff together, and we don't really need anybody to tell us anything else. You know, we go into certain circumstances almost not willing to learn more. I, you know, I was, I was reminded of that, you know, when I, a few years ago I got to go to SEMA, which is like the world's biggest car show ever. Uh, amazing experience for a, for a car lover. And, um, you know, man, I, I went in thinking, you know, uh, I, I'm used to, hanging out with guys that are a lot older than me that are into that stuff, and, and they have always been wowed with my car knowledge because I'm younger and I shouldn't know so much about some of this stuff, and that's my own fault uh, of being an idiot, but whatever. And, uh, you know, but, uh, man, we went there, and I was dumbfounded at the stuff that I got to see, the stuff that I got to learn, 
But, you know, kind of going in there, I thought, well, you know, I probably won't see anything or find out anything or learn anything that's really just going to just knock me off my socks. And boy, was I wrong. And I think that we in general, we get prideful, especially men, about what we think we know about the world and what we think we know about God and what we think we know about our lives and where our lives are going and what our lives are supposed to be. And we kind of shut down. We're just being honest. And that's not where the Lord wants our hearts to be. Our Lord, the Lord wants our hearts to be open to instruction of the things of his kingdom. Verse 4, it goes on to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance. So here again, you know, he's helping us to see that one of the key pieces of someone who is wise is that they don't stop learning. They're always listening. They're always attentive to what, what may be something else to be learned, to change how they operate, whatever it may be. Verse 6, it goes on, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. And then in verse 7, it says this, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. A fool we do not want to be. And throughout the Proverbs, we will see that word used quite a bit. And it is really a, I really feel like a warning for us, you know, to, you know, we, no, nobody wants to be a fool, you know. And, you know, for us to see that with this other statement, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. What does that mean? What does that mean for us today? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. What does it look like for us to fear the Lord? You know, that's a statement, and Nathan and I were just talking about this, and he, he said it, nail on the head, I, you know, uh, pedal, nail, whatever, uh, something. Uh, he said, you know, he said to me, he said, you know, it's funny because we take a word that we are so familiar with, and then we put it in this context where it's being used in Scripture, and it kind of confuses people to fear the Lord. Well, I thought God loved us. I thought he wants us to love him. I mean, he wants us to fear him. And the answer is yes, he does, but it is, it is a healthy thing. It is a healthy fear, you know, and it is the kind of fear that we fear him in such a way that we, we understand how powerful and amazing he is and how life-changing his truth is to the point that when we're fearing him, really what we're doing is that we're trusting in the person of who he is more than we are afraid of him, like what we may think about. And so it becomes a trusting issue. We'll see more of that here in just a few minutes, and we'll come back to the fear of the Lord as the beginning of knowledge. I want to jump to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. And in Proverbs chapter 2, it says this. In verse 1, it says, My son, if you received my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord 
and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. This, this passage, obviously, and I think we can kind of see you know, what Solomon's doing. He's trying to help us, you know, and he's using kind of building blocks here to do so with, with what he's saying. You know, he starts off, you know, if you receive my words, verse 1, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Again, this, is, this gets back to a willingness place, you know, where we're starting off. You know, God, what do you have for me? Instead of, God, I already know what you want for my life. How many of us are truly willing to pray and ask the Lord to show us what He wants us to do with our lives. When God called us to plant a church, I just was, I was adamant I did not. I did not want to get into that. I did not want to be a lead pastor. You've heard me talk about this. I mean, I, just, I go back to that moment because uh, I didn't want to do it. I just did not want to do it. And, and I thought that my life was pretty fairly mapped out. And it was still doing ministry, still doing good stuff, but it wouldn't have been doing what I knew in my heart the Lord wanted us to do. And I wanted to run, and there came a point where I realized I really can't run from this. Like, this is overcoming me in such ways, like I'm going places, and it's, and it's just, I mean, just heavy on me, like I can't keep ignoring this. And eventually, I realized, why am I, why am I not trusting the Lord? Why, why, why am I not trusting the one, fearing the one with a healthy fear of who has power over all things that is calling me and trying to lead me to do something? Why in the world would I not listen to that? How dumb do I have to be? And God eventually shook us and moved us and showed us and opened doors and I mean, just as soon as, it was like as soon as, as soon as we said the words, we think this is what the Lord's leading us to do, and we vocalized that, it was like, it was like God just started opening doors. Like, I thought, I thought, well, this will be years down the road. Uh-uh. We, we were like a year down the road and didn't even realize it from things beginning to happen and God doing his thing as he does. Verse 3 says, yes, if you call out for insight... And raise your voice for understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Wow. Wow. I love that. I love that. My favorite, I've, I've, you, some of you have been around for a long time, you've heard me talk about it, I won't talk about it much, but my favorite TV shows are all these stupid gold shows where they're, you know, digging up gold in the Klondike and, you know, now it's like, you know, we're dredging for it and, you know, these uh, rivers, whitewater rivers and all this kind of, you know, craziness. I don't, I don't know why I love it. Just, it's just crazy to me that that's just, just laying around out there. You just go out there and just go get it. Of course, not just go get it, I know. But, I mean, it's a ton of work. But I, I just, I see, like, they put so much effort and spend so much money you know, I hear like what pieces of these equipment, some of these pieces of equipment, single, single, uh, um, you know, excavators or whatever costing, you know, $3 million or, you know, whatever, all just for them to go dig up these little bitty tiny flecks of gold, you know. 
And I think to myself, what stops us from getting to understanding the fear of the Lord and finding the knowledge of God? Verse 5. And, and here we see, we see, we see what God's calling us to. If you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Folks, we're called to be goonies, right? Like we're looking for the treasure. Like God's put it out there for us. Like all we got to do, all we got to do is ask. All we got to do is hunt and look for it, search for it as for hidden treasures. Then, he says, verse 5, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the wisdom, for the, for the Lord gives wisdom, verse 6, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The Lord wants to impart, he wants to give to us today his wisdom. Here's a trick. Do we know what to do with it once we've got it? Will we know what to do with it? Will we treat it right? Will we use it properly? You see, having Proverbs alone don't make us wise. We have the Proverbs. We've had the Proverbs. You know, if we were all super wise, then we probably would have them memorized, right? Like, we'd, we'd be like some gold-finding fools, right? And we're not. And we're not. Because we love our knowledge, right? We love our knowledge. And Proverbs alone don't make us wise. One of my favorite tools in the toolbox, it didn't fit in the toolbox, um, is this one right here. I've I've always I've always loved these things, and if I if I ever get to like go hang out with like a real mechanic, and I know there's a couple of y'all in here, uh, if when I get to go hang out with a real mechanic, one of the first thing if I get to look through their toolboxes, the first thing that I want to look at is I want to look at their torque wrench. Now I own a couple of these things, and I'll just be straight up. Both of my torque wrenches were like clearanced out, like Sears is going out of business. Like we don't know how we hung on this long. And it's still hanging on the wall. If you'll pick it up and take it, we'll give it to you for 20 bucks. Um, and I had one years ago, and of course I did the famous, I loaned it out and never got it back. Uh, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't any better than these, to be honest with you. And, and, and these, are, these are fine torque wrenches for shade tree mechanic type stuff. But like the guys, the guys that are like the real mechanics, oh no, they don't, have, they don't have this torque wrench. They don't have the other one I've got either. They got the nice torque wrenches. These, these things like... You know, and, and, and for, for your understanding, you, you set a torque wrench, you know, you, and it's, it can be inch pounds, uh, you know, it could be foot pounds, and this is like determining how tight exactly the bolt is. And once you get it so tight, it'll click, click, and you know it's there. It's, it's right on the spot, right? Well, they got torque wrenches. They're like, you know, they're like $1,000, $2,000 snap-on torque wrenches or something. I don't know. They're that like... You know, they make, your, they make your family dinner at night when you get done, you know, building a motor and, you know, 
all kinds of stuff. Some people in here are embarrassed right now. I think about their torque wrenches because they know it's crazy that these things cost this much money. But, but I mean, if you're a mechanic and it's what you do all the time, I mean, like, you need the legit stuff. You don't need, you know, the shade tree mechanic stuff. You know, and the funny thing is, is likewise, if you don't know what you're doing with one of these things, and you think you know what you're doing with one, and you're like, I'm going to go build me a motor for my car. And you go put that thing together, and you're, you know, over-tightening or under-tightening or whatever. What's going to happen when you start going down the road or you start racing with it or whatever it's going to be? All of a sudden, you've got what we call a come-apart, right? And you got, you got shrapnel, and you got pieces that are, you know, flying. And, you know, and that's, not, that's not what you want. What we do with the wisdom, with the tools given to us by the Lord's, no different than the tools that we have in our toolbox, if we don't use them properly, you know, birds of a feather, you know, oh, well, they flock together. Well, not if their opposites attract. Well, okay, let's talk about that, right? You know, different situations and different moments, that, that, that is where the wisdom comes into play. Owning a proverb is no different than owning a tool. Otherwise, and so it becomes an understanding of allowing God to lead us in this life and being in communion with Him to allow Him to do so through His Word, through His knowledge, through His wisdom, that He'll give us the wisdom in those moments to make the right decisions, to know what is the right thing to say, to know what is the right thing to do. And, and here, at the end of the day, if it weren't for God's free gift of wisdom, we would all be trapped in sin. If it weren't for his gift of wisdom, we would all be trapped in sin. And we, and we see this through the Old Testament where, you know, they would uh, sacrifice an animal, they would, you know, make a blood sacrifice and and that, that blood sacrifice was bought by the same blood that we were bought with, and that's the blood of Jesus. That they too, at that point in time, were trusting in the Lord, and that understanding that the story of Scripture is all about pointing to Jesus, whether it's the Old Testament pointing toward Jesus, and they didn't know, you know what that looked like, who he was, and all that kind of stuff. They just knew that there was a Messiah to come, the Savior of the world, and that the New Testament's pointing back at Jesus. And that we get to see all of that being played out, but that all of us, including folks from the Old Testament, you know, we're all saved by Christ. And Paul made this clear, Romans 3, 23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So whether it's Solomon crying out for wisdom in the Proverbs, or whether it's the saints in the New Testament crying out for wisdom, we are all depending on divine mercy, which we do not deserve, that comes from Jesus. Here's, here's the deal. If we get it, it's because Jesus bought it. If we get it, it's because Jesus bought it. And this morning, that is so important for us be reminded of. Like we, we just think, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to learn, learn, learn. I'm going to, you know, get all this wisdom. I'm going to, you know, and then I'll just, I'll be good. I'll be able to navigate. I'll be able to do whatever I need to in this life. Look, we need the Lord to lead us. 
We need his guidance, which means we need to be in an active relationship with him. Otherwise, we'll go out here and we'll just start making decisions based on what we think is good ideas. And all of a sudden, we kind of wake up one day and we go, you know, I kind of think that the Lord wanted me to be doing that, but instead I kind of over here doing this. What am I doing right now? What is this? What's happened here? By the way, if the Lord's leading you to do something, just blindly follow him. Just run after him. Let the fear of the Lord, let the, let the true trusting of the creator of all things who has power over all things, let him be the one to lead you. If he's leading you to do something, if he's calling you to do something, just go for it. Proverbs chapter 3, I want to read this for you. Proverbs chapter 3. And in verse 5, it says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Do you see the building blocks that Solomon is putting together for us here? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. I mean, honestly, I should probably like wear a hat that has a sign that hangs like right here in front of my face that says that. I mean, that's, that's the epitome of like me fighting, following the Lord, and following what Chris thinks is a good idea most days of the week, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Verse 6 goes on and says, In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. He will make straight your paths. Like, this is what we're looking for in life. Like, we spend so much of our life trying to figure out, okay, God, I, I just want you to lead me. I just want you to guide me. And he's over here like, okay, well, I gave you some stuff. What are you doing? Right? Oh, you took the crooked path. Right? That's what we do. And he says in verse 7, be not wise in your own eyes. I can wrap that. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It says, be not wise in your own eyes and fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Turn away from evil. Turn away from evil. Turn away from sin. Why? Why does he care? Why does he care whether we turn away from sin? Because he loves us. And he knows that sin is going to hurt us. Because sin destroys and like a good loving father he is doing what he can to give it all to us on a platter and say just come on and follow me and then in verse 8 he says it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones man if we could just depend on God, that, that is today's life goal. Depend on God. Quit depending on you. Quit depending on Aunt Jenny. Quit depending on your boss. Quit depending on this person or that person or quit depending on the circumstance. Start depending on the one who has power over all things and created it all to begin with. This means your relationship with the Lord counts. It counts. 
I have been so blessed to have some of the people in my life that God has put into my life. Um, and, and I was reminded of one of those this week as uh, he, he came by to see me for a minute. And, and his name is Keith Nagy. And um, he is like a second dad to me. Anybody that's close to me has probably met Keith at some point. And uh, he took me under his wing when I was just a kid. Uh, I'm crazy about cars, even as a kid. And then growing up, you know, all I, all I wanted, I remember my dad offered me a Subaru one time. Uh, so sad I said no, uh, looking back on it, because it was a free car. And I said, Dad, I'm not trying to be a brat. I said, I just, I, that's not really the car I want. I really want to save up my money. I want to buy my own car, and I want it to be a cool car, not that, okay? And this was an 87 Subaru. It wasn't like a cool Subaru, okay? Although those are probably cool now. I don't know. But anyway, uh, and so I saved up my money. I'd been, I'd been, I grew up working on a farm, and I'd been saving money for a car for long. It wasn't like I hadn't been working toward this uh, goal or whatever. And so uh, we bought my first car, and it was a 67 Chevelle. And uh, came from uh, a little old lady. It was one of those cars. had 69,000 miles on it. Uh, it had uh, a couple of extra doors on it, but we overlooked that. Uh, and uh, also had a six-cylinder in it instead of a V8, and we overlooked that too because, again, we're just looking for cool and looking for old, and I wanted to learn how to work on cars, and Keith Nagy took me under his wing, and that car, when I bought that car, he had us, he had me drive that car, barely made it up the hill. In fact, Joey was, was riding with me to bring that car home, uh, went, went with us to get it, and we barely made it up Germantown Hill, if you know what I'm talking about, on 41A, uh, to get into Jolton in that car, and, uh, I mean, it was just about to die, you know, but it ran. And we took it straight to his house because he said, I want you to bring it over here, and I want to teach Chris how to work on it. And so over the next couple of months, I would go over there every day after school that I wasn't working. I would go over there late in the evenings after work, and I would work on this. And he would show me. He would, you know, do this, do this little thing. Here's this, okay, you see that thing? You're going to take all those bolts out. There's a gasket under that. We're going to clean that. We're going to put a gasket in. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. You're going to, you know, work this Bondo like this with this thing on the side of the car to get it ready for paint. I mean, all the things. And he helped me through getting that car back to going. And we cleaned. I cleaned up all the trim at home, took all the trim off of it, took it home, would clean it in my bedroom at night. Uh, and then he painted the car marina blue, 67 Chevelle, marina blue. Found a $20 set of Krager knockoff wheels, put those on it. I thought I had the flyest car on the planet until I dukes a hazard it off of the edge of Bidwell Road one night, and that was the end of it. But for the time, it was great. More importantly, looking back on all of that, and I've got great memories of the car and all, but more importantly than all of that, I look back on Keith mentoring me in showing me how to work on the car, but he didn't just mentor me in showing me how to work on the car. As I got to know Keith, I got to know a man who had spent his entire life, well, not whole life, he'd worked at dealerships before that, but spent a great majority of his life working for Peterbilt and had, you know, been this, you know, hardworking guy and all this, and he would tell stories to me of sharing the gospel and what that looked like in a workplace setting. I needed to hear that. I was growing up with a pastor, you know, and, and, and man, I've seen my dad share the gospel like in every situation imaginable, but 
you know, for some people, I think it'd be easy, and, and sometimes it is a little easier when people know that you're a pastor. They almost kind of like, they're like waiting for it. Okay, when are you going to hit me? When are you going to hit me with that Jesus stuff, you know? And I got to hear Keith tell stories of sharing Christ with his co-workers. And what an amazing story that that was, and, and what amazing wisdom it was for me to have to know what that looks like and to know someone that loved me and that I loved back, you know, be able to share those things with me. You know, gaining wisdom in life is a lifelong process. It's something that's going to take our entire lives. It's really the process of sanctification. Like as we're learning and then learning what to do with the tools that God is giving us, that it's not something that just happens overnight. But the more we lean on the Lord and his understanding in the things of life, the more we grow in it. And he's molding us and he's shaping us into who he's called us to be. But we, what, but, but we must depend on him. This morning, if you've never depended on him, if you never put your faith in him, trusted in him to be your savior, I would love to share Christ with you. I'd love to pray with you about what it means to receive Jesus because we go back to that Romans passage, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all on that playing field. We all need Jesus. We all need a Savior. But the beauty is, is that we are all justified by his grace as a gift through what he did on the cross and what he did through an empty tomb. I would love to get to show you, talk with you, about what that means. I'm going to go straight out to the foyer in just a moment when I walk off this stage. If you would like to talk about that, we're going to be taking a time of communion. Uh, that's a perfect time for us to talk about that. would love to get to do that with you. And if you're here today and you're already a believer, may in these next few moments this time be, rem be reminded of the wisdom that God has imparted to you through his word, through those around you in years past and maybe even today. And be open. Ask yourself, am I open to God's leading in my life right now to whatever he may lead me to do? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much. We thank you for your word. How good it is. How it helps us how it helps us to overcome the things of this life. God, I pray that we would follow you blindly, Lord, to wherever you might lead us to, knowing that whatever you have for us is way better than anything that we could ever have for ourselves. God, I pray, Lord, that this morning that our lives would look like you, would look like your heart, that that would permeate what our heart is and who you've called us to be. Lord, I pray that if anyone's here, Lord, that doesn't know you, hasn't trusted in you, hasn't had faith in you before this day, Lord, to be led by you, guided by you, to know you personally in a relationship, God, I pray, Lord, that you would do that work in their heart today, God. Save the lost. May we trust in you with all of our hearts. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.